Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Bad Bookers Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Moodman. It's just me and Chris this week. Say hello everybody. Hello everybody. Okay, fine. It's episode 71, Moodman. Oh, sorry, I missed that bit out. (laughs) I have a week off and look what happens. I know, I know. I'm coming for your job now. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. You probably do it better than I do. I don't. I really don't. How are we? We good? Yeah, we're good, mate. It's good. It's uh, still summer holidays, so the kids are still lively. But yeah, yeah, we're we're doing all right. Can't complain. How are you doing then, sir? Um, yeah, I'm good. Summer holidays have ruined my sleeping pattern, so fun. Also, what are you waking up at ten, eleven o'clock in the morning, like, oh fuck yeah, relaxing, <laughs> or are you like, no, I'm staying up ridiculous. Well, not going to sleep till probably later than I should be, and then getting up really late. So the week the before you day. go back to school, you're going to have to get back into a routine. I'm trying to get back into it now. It doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> no, it won't work that way now. Ever. So, yeah, it's a bit, bit crazy. But we've got lots lots to get through this week. So. Oh, yeah. Bits, bit, now, now we'll, I'll make a little confession. There's bits that there's bits that I've seen that Smoothen hasn't. There's bits that Smoothen's seen that I haven't. So we're just going to wing some of it. And hope that Jack and Matt don't have a go at us in the DMs after the co- or after the podcast when it's released. Because they do that quite regularly when it's just us two. We'll get bollocked later on going, how could you say this? How could you say that? That's incorrect. Chris, you got it wrong. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to that later. Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> I'm going to go out and, and publicly apologise for not watching Raw and Smackdown this week. Mainly because I didn't have time. I've been away without... in. Well, I have had... With in- internet. But I have had internet, but I've had no access to wrestling content. To be fair, I can throw you under the bus here because you've been playing Minecraft. You can't say shit. <laughs> I played a bit of Minecraft, not lots of Minecraft. Five hours bit. of Minecraft when you could have watched wrestling. How do you know I watched my five hours? Because you told me it was five hours. <laughs> I did not say it was five hours. <laughs> you fucking did in the DM. <laughs> Hey, look, 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 at the end of the day, I, I, I've not seen two matches from SummerSlam and I watched all the highlights for Raw and SmackDown this week. So, you know, we're... We've seen the important things. Oh, yeah. Well, there's only like one or two really important things that have happened for the... Oh, yeah. And then apart from NXT, I'm like, look, fuck it. We'll just get into it. So let's yeah. let's do news and get that out of the way and then we can talk yes. about The Fiend. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's going to take up 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> me singing Let Me In or Hurt and Heal every two seconds. Sounds like a good idea. Um, So the news from this week, first bit of news is podcast related. We hit 3,000 listens over this weekend. We want to thank every single one of you for um, checking out the podcast over on SoundCloud or wherever it is that you listen to us. And just thank you very much for sticking with our nonsense. Thank you very much indeed, guys. Uh, Much appreciated. I I speak on behalf of Jack and Matt as well, who would greatly appreciate it jack does and i'm not saying matt doesn't but jack does a lot of the behind the scenes work as well the twitter and all that sort of stuff and i can tell it definitely means a lot to him as well as matt so thank you guys very very much indeed um i am going to this week i'm going to put the i'm going to start searching and putting this on other platforms as well um i keep i keep forgetting to do it i've literally wrote on my whiteboard about half an hour ago to put it all on Stitcher and Podbean and all the ones that aren't just a localised uh, RSS feed. So Spotify will be coming soon, I promise. It will Sick. be coming. Keep your ears peeled. Well, well see, see, the ironic thing is is that the people that, have, that, li- that would only listen to it on other platforms haven't heard us yet because it's not been listed there. So, but yeah. But it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. We are yes. branching out. Um... We've got lots of news. 
So let's get through this relatively quickly. Uh, AEW have announced Boston and Philadelphia to be the next two places to have their shows after Washington on the 2nd of October. So it's going to be Washington 2nd, Boston on the 9th, and then Philly on the 16th. It has also been announced, I think, for the 16th at Philadelphia that there's going to be a title defence of the AEW title, which Chris was really happy about before we started the podcast. One, they're, they're really smarky towns as well, so good job with that one. I'm surprised Chicago wasn't in there as well, or Toronto. Which is a surprisingly smarky town. I didn't realise just how smarky Toronto is. Yeah, we'll get to smart. that. Um, but yeah, I, I just we're talking about it before we start the pod. I thought, well, why, why announce on on the third show that there's going to be a title defence? Just, just, just let let the natural stories progress, or the stories that you've projected into the show. Let them progress in a way that it looks like it's supposed to on television, rather than going in this show we'll be doing this. Just, just let it unfold. If yeah, because they will come. They announced, is it Sean Spears versus John Moxley as well for one of the matches, I think? Okay. In the Boston, I think. I can't, I don't, I'll probably get this completely wrong and Jack will be like, no. But I'm sure they released. Um, Did you just put a smart voice on for Jack? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, not no. that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sure John Moxley versus Sean Spears has been announced for one of the shows. Okay. So. Well, I mean, to me personally, I, I just like the idea that. It's an AEW show. It's going to sell out regardless. Oh, yeah. So I don't understand why there's a need to announce the matches that are on events post the one that's just about to happen. I, it's, it's a really minor criticism, but for me, it's just, it just leaves me a little bit meh about it, to be honest. Um, according to The Melt, NXT looks more and more likely to be moving to Fox and going directly head-to-head with AEW by starting at the same time and being two hours long. He's also added that it will also be likely to become live as well. Okay. I didn't read this until just now. There's there's pros and cons to this. I mean, the fact that NXT is taped at full sale uh, is taped at full sale means that things can be edited out and put in and you're getting a lot of new talent some of which how do i put this you've got regular joe who's a new guy who's 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 just joined the pc he's done his work he's getting there he's getting near to the point where he can debut on nxt tape tv if it doesn't work they don't need to put it in the show if it's on a live show and it doesn't work he gets vilified um it's it's a really sort of awkward position to be in. I mean, look, ultimately, if you're good enough, then you'll succeed in NXT. But if you're not good enough to start with and need more time to progress, then it's not going to go well for you. And I think it also adds a lot more pressure on the likes of uh, Velveteen Dream, on the likes of Matt Riddle and some of the, some of the other top guys. I mean, Undisputed Era, of course, it adds more pressure onto those guys to perform on a live TV show on Fox, which is which is a massive thing, and mm. and to be announced that you're going in direct competition with AEW, which is what this is clearly, which is what this clearly is. This is Vince flexing flexing his penis muscles, isn't it? It's him just you know basically just getting his dick out and fl- flopping it in front of them on, on on the table, going, "This is how big we are." Uh, and poor AEW could be in for a bit of trouble here, but I, I don't know. I don't know what else is happening than that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's also a reason why we keep seeing big main roster, not big main roster, but main roster guys coming back to NXT. In uh, theory, yeah. So Tyler Breeze, Fandango, 
Well, sure it's also the be. fact that the, the NXT doesn't have that many credible tag teams at the moment. That is true, but you might see a few more going that way. Um, um, if if it's if it's for the betterment of the brand, then yeah. If you could, if you want to throw Cesaro into the main event title picture, his and name NXT, has been men- his name has been mentioned. Yeah, that's that's just the thing off the top of my head. If you want to throw, fuck, you could throw Heath Slater into a into a cheeky stable down there for a laugh. And Heath, Heath, Heath can get anything over because he's dumb and funny. So, or or you throw um, the hype bros into, or not not hype bros because they're not a thing anymore. But like you know, Kurt Hawkins, Kurt and Hawkins and Zack Ryder and into some into matches down there. And yeah, it, it it can work. I mean, of course, you've got the possibility of the the sort of half news that Vince is sort of getting more involved in NXT as well. But then that slightly worries me a little bit. But it, but you see, it doesn't worry me that much because it's at the point now where NXT as a brand is is well established in its own right. Vince is not that stupid. I'm sorry, but people seem to think that Vince is dumb, doesn't got his finger on the pulse in any way, shape, or form. He yes, yes, he might be a little bit out of touch, but he takes his cues from trips. On NXT, clearly, Vince is still Vince still oversees all everything. Everything he oversees everything, but he takes more guidance from trips when it comes to NXT. So I'm sure I, I'm confident that it that it won't be affected too heavily. Mm. I, I don't think you'll even notice it. Yeah, I think it's you can't really make a judgment until it actually happens. So. Yeah, agreed. You need to give um, a chance at least. Yeah, that's true. Also coming from the melt, AEW will likely run one more pay-per-view in 2019 after All Out, and then in 2020 we'll run four pay-per-views, which in my opinion is is a good idea when you're just starting out. Yeah. It, you shouldn't have too many pay-per-views I agree. one after another. 100%, 100% I agree. The only reason they're doing multiple pay-per-views at the moment is to keep themselves relevant and to give being the elite... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps it keeps all those shows. It keeps everything relevant until they get to weekly television. So yeah, if you're gonna have, um, if you're only gonna have a, a few pay per views in a year, makes total sense. You don't want to oversaturate your market. You don't have to sort of flip flop between fifteen different fucking stories. Yeah, keep it simple. I, I think that makes perfect sense for now. Yeah. Uh, Paige underwent surgery over SummerSlam weekend on her neck. Nothing major, but she's claimed that she has. And the neck of a sixty-year-old. Well, so, well, that's what happens when you take bumps like a motherfucker at the age of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, etc. Yes. Right? Um, we recently bought the DVD of Fighting with My Family. We saw it in the cinema, but it's so. Is still, it good? Is it good? Because it's, it's on Sky Q. I keep meaning to just check it out. It's, it's very good. I enjoy it a lot. Okay. I'm trying to get trying to get members of the family who don't watch wrestling to watch it. I mean, I, th- I think Mrs. K might watch that. Well, I'm not aware with her about that. But I mean, I um. Because I saw the original documentary, I, I remember seeing it, the, the 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 documentary that the movie's based off, the Channel Four Fight with My Family documentary. I've seen it, and I, I've seen it once. I've seen it once on YouTube, but I'd seen it before that. It might maybe even been on the channel when it was on Channel Four, because back when mm. I was sort of just sort of getting back into wrestling, and and you hear the stories of what of what Soraya what. Soraya is her name. What Soraya went through, man, it's fucking nuts. Taking bumps like that at that age is just. No, it's nasty. Nope. <laughs> nope, the fuck out of there. No, not a chance. And Indeed. that's probably the reason why she's got the neck of a 60-year-old. And unfortunately, it's, you know, you only have so many bumps you can take. There's only so many you can do. Um, yeah, you take one bad one, you spike a bad one, and that's it, gone. Career over. 
And, yep. you know, I just think... I think she needs a backstage role. I don't think we need her on TV anymore. This this Kabuki Warriors shite is crap, but we'll get to that at some other point. But with... It, put, put her in a Japanese group where she has no chemistry with it. It only harms Paige. Completely harms She's her. She's only there to be the mouthpiece, effectively. But she doesn't need to be the mouthpiece, because... Just they, get them to shout aggressively in Japanese. That's they, they don't need what a, I want. They don't need a mouthpiece. Or they need they're, they're there to turn up, look cool, look do all the Japanese shit, and fight. That's that's all they need. That's what they need to do. Look at Yoshirai. We'll get again. We'll get to that. I can't wait to talk. Oh, about we'll that. get to that. Um, and just just that, that's all it needs. Mm. And just get on with it. You know, you don't need Paige involved with that. If you want, if because Paige knows how to put a match together, she put plenty of matches together in the past. She's she was she was someone who in the diva in the locker and back when it was divas thing, you know, she was the only one who knew how to fucking wrestle, pretty much as far as I guess. But I mean, from 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 what she's explained before, she basically only knew how to fucking wrestle. And you know, she can put matches together. Put with Sarah Del Rey. Get her fucking booking. Get get her, get her behind the scenes working. There. She doesn't need to be on TV anymore. It doesn't need to happen. And she's shit on commentary, so don't put her on there. She's not eloquent. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I, as much as I like her, she's not eloquent enough to be put to be put on um, uh, commentary. Not a chance. No. No. Completely agree. Um, Daniel Bryan's career-changing announcement has reportedly been scrapped by the WWE, and we are now expected to forget it ever happened. That's fine. And I, 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 don't really I, care. I well, well, the career. I, I, I'm curious. I, I'm curious to read in Daniel Bryan's book sometime down the line what the career-changing announcement was supposed to be, or or whenever we see Daniel Bryan next interviewed or whatever. I, I would like to know what it was or what it was planned to be, but ultimately it doesn't really matter. Um, I've I'm kind of happy that it's not because this storyline with Roman and Daniel and Rowan and. Buddy Murphy is, is very good at the minute. I'm happy with it as it is, to be honest. You didn't see SmackDown, but I'll explain it when we get down the line. So, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Cheers. Um, the first SmackDown Live on Fox will be a 20-year anniversary featuring legends from the yesteryear. Great. Yay. It's, Lots it's, of Matt Riddle throwing well, flip-flops. No, well, no, no, no. You, you know you know what it is. It's, it's just to get a spike in the ratings. Of course. It's, it's, of course. it's despite the ratings even more. You'll get The Rock will appear. The Rock will be there, no doubt. Of course it will. Because it's, it's, smack, it's SmackDown. Yeah, it's, he invented it, effectively, yes. with his catchphrase. Absolutely. A um, couple more AEW news. ITV box office have confirmed that they will be showing all out over here in the UK, which is top-notch level awesomeness. That's for us. very nice. Very nice indeed. Indeed. Uh, 15 pounds as well. So fuck you, Yanks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we, do, we do not condone Chris's actions. <laughs> We love you all. Uh, pay you $60 and shut up. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it, uh, I'm just kidding, man. It, it's I don't know why the, the, chain, the prices are, are so all over the place, but... I think I, I think ITV do the same for boxing, so I think they've just kept it yeah, a similar price. Because people will go, why is boxing more expensive or cheaper I'm than... I'm not being funny, right? Would you pay 50... Well, if you're going by the going rate, 48 to 52 pounds to watch all out? No. Fuck no, I wouldn't pay that. I'd find an illegal stream. He said he said he'd find an illegal stream. <laughs> um, would you pay fifteen pounds to watch it? Yes. Yeah, I probably would, because it's going to be a good event. It it would have to live up to expectations for it to be a fifty to, for it to be viable for me to pay fifteen pounds for it. I'm still fifty fifty as to whether I'm going to do it or not, or whether I'm going to use Jack's fight fight TV login and watch it later on. 
Um, That's probably what I'm going to do. If I pay for it, I'll be watching it on Space Toaster stream, and we'll be doing a little watch along on there. Um, I'll leave details for that. Uh, Details for that will be sooner to the time. Miles will mention, I'll be doing NXT TakeOver UK watch along on my Twitch channel. Uh, I don't know who's coming along today. Yeah, I might see if I can wrestle Darry up or maybe Wolfie as well, who both started a podcast very recently as well. Congratulations, you guys. Um, Viable competition. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Are you throwing me off? So, yeah, I'll I'll see if I can wrestle up some people to be part part of a a live-streamed watch-along of NXT TakeOver UK. I've not watched NXT TakeOver UK since... Oh, my God, it's Walter! (laughs) So, um, so... No, it's been interesting. <laughs> no, I bet you haven't. No, so so it'll be interesting to see how it's evolved in any way, shape, or form. So come along. It'll be what thirty first of August at eight o'clock. Twitch.tv forward slash Kanga TV Kanga FM. Not Kanga TV. That's not a thing. Twitch.tv slash Kanga FM. Go. We'll, we'll check it out on there. Uh, Indeed. As you were. Um, also, Orange Cassidy has signed a contract with AEW um, from the most recent being the elite yep fair fuck um, total sense <laughs> people Love have it. been now fantasy booking lots of matches with orange cassidy i think someone said we need kenny omega versus orange cassidy no we, we need, need jimmy havoc versus orange cassidy jimmy havoc versus orange cassidy etc etc yeah it'd be good fun he's a, he's a, he, and also you can't forget that he's actually a very 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 good wrestler <laughs> Yes. In his own right, regardless of the gimmick, he's a very good wrestler, technical wrestler as well. So mm. I'd be interested to see what they do with him, how they're going to utilize him week by week. That might be a bit an interesting way of doing things, but he may he may provide the comic relief because there isn't that much comic relief on the AEW show as it is. So interesting. It will good be. Choice. Um, we you've probably seen this on Raw this week, but King of the Ring is making a return, and it will all kick off on next week's Raw. Um. I've, I saw a video from um, Austin Creed, oh, um, oh, yes. which is, what's his face from the New Day? His name's just gone. Xavier yes. Woods. Okay. Um, and he <laughs> he seems to be the, the reason, he's not the actual reason, but the reason why he they brought King of the Ring back because he kept doing videos like old SmackDown Smackdown yeah. video games saying bring back King of the Ring I want to be in the King of the Ring King of the Ring was awesome and then apparently it happened and then he's not in it because he said he really wanted to be in King of the Ring like over and over again and then <laughs> it's not happened and he's like sad kind of sad <laughs> Bless. so I've just seen the DM group fucking o- Only Lorcan is genuinely my second no, my, no he's now he's now becoming my favourite wrestler on Twitter now I, I I know I know I'm interrupting everything with this apologies. I'm to, going off the flow, but on two hundred five live next week there'll be five v five team Lorcan versus team Gulag, and only Lorcan has just tweeted in block capitals. The first person I choose to have on my team is Gentleman Gallagher because he's the first person to have my back on two hundred five live on Tuesday, and because he has a mustache and he knows karate. I love that. That's fucking brilliant. Thanks, great Jack. Re- for re- great reasoning. <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much, Jack, for bringing that to my attention. <coughs> As you were, sorry. Yeah, so the King of the Ring stuff, it seems like it's just going to be on Raw and there's going to be no pay-per-view at the end of it, which is a massive shame because I used to love King of the Ring pay-per-views. Yeah. Especially the like the year... I know this is nostalgia, but the year when Shane and Kurt Angle had a match. 2000 or 2001. Yeah, and they had the giant but that, but that was a electric that, chair. 
That was great. I love but, that. But that wasn't a pay per view. That was uh, so that that wasn't uh, I wasn't a King of the Ring match. That was a pay per view. No, that, yeah, this exactly. Pay per view. Bring back pay per views with no, King of the Ring. Uh, we don't need TLC or Hell in a Cell or whatever nonsense gimmick pay per views. Yeah, I guess. Get I mean, I them. mean, do you want to know who the competitors are the list of the name competitors for the um, King of the Ring? Uh, I think Cesaro's name was in there. So we've got Raw, Baron Corbin, Cesaro, Cedric Alexander, who had a really good showing on Raw, Drew McIntyre, who again had a very good showing on Raw, Ricochet, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe and The Miz. All very, very... A lot of those could could credibly be given a um, King of the Ring title or, or be crowned King of the Ring. On SmackDown, you've got Ali, Andrade, Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, 24-7 champion, Elias, who's not 24-7 champion, uh, oh, he is. Yeah, he is. Uh, Kevin Owens and Shelton Benjamin. Now, there's, there's, you could argue for reason. You could argue that Cesaro could win it, Cedric could win it, Drew could win it, Ricochet could win it, Samoa Joe could win it, not Miz. Uh, Ali could win it, Andrade could win it. Buddy Murphy, who's been, he's got a monstrous push after the Roman Reigns match, and Kevin Owens could win it. So there's eight out of the twelve there that you could viably say could win it. But someone's Twitter handle already has King in it. King Booker. Wrong one. Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> King Ricochet. King Ricochet. Oh, right, yeah. Where it have might... I heard that before? It's It's probably going to be Ricochet, isn't it? It probably will be. <laughs> but, then, but then I'm not be funny. Kevin Owens, you could argue, is the most over person at the moment on TV. Weekly television. Yeah. Not, not, Fiend's so. not on weekly TV. It doesn't count. Um, right, where were we? Sorry. Um, G1 Climax final happened between Kota Ibushi and Jay White. We also had, um, excuse me, had um, a bit of a swerve with Kenta joining Bullet Club. Um, yeah. So there was a tweet that like 24 hours before the G1 Climax um, event happened. Tamatonga tweeted saying, I've just got a new recruit because I'm a hero or something along those lines to some effect. Um, and it turns out it's Kenta. So it was a three-on-three match. So it was Kenta was with members of Chaos, I think. Uh, Ishii and... Oh, I forgot his name. Yoshihashi. Oh, yeah. oh. Yoshihashi. Um, against uh, the Bullet Club, which was the, the um, Tangaloa, Tamatonga, and Bad Luck Farley. Um, he refused a tag. Did Kenta during the match? As you did. Then, then stood at the bottom of the ramp um, and just stood there, and then got involved later on to um, attack Yoshihashi and make Bullet Club win the match. Then went mental, and then Shibata. And then came you heard out. Shibata. And it went fucking mad. The place went fucking age right. Okay. There you went right. Yeah. Listeners and fellow members of the podcast will know that I know literally. Fuck all about New Japan. I watch a little. Uh, if, if there's some major events that happen, I will <clears> sit in a seat on Squared Circle. I'll check it out. Right. I know about the past of Shibata where he got a fucking disgusting injury. Lucky to be alive. Um. I don't. I didn't realize that he'd been. He'd come back to the ring already and said hello and did his thing again. But nonetheless. Um. So he came back and delivered the dirtiest drop kick. Into the corner, uh, into the corner, and the knee, and the big boots as well. Oh, and, then, big boots. and then he took his shirt off, and the crowd went fucking. I've I've not heard a Japanese crowd do that ever. Uh, I've I've not heard a noise like that. 
probably since Nakamura. But just mad. Absolutely insane. And then Kent and Bullock Club fucked him up at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but because... because great move, I think. Yes. Kenta joining Bullet Club. Absolutely fantastic mood. Um, I have a feeling it could be Kenta versus Shibata in a match. Which is a master versus... Oh, no, it's a mentor versus mentee. Yeah, because Shibata runs the one of the dojos, doesn't he? Well, Shibata's a train Yeah. And I don't think... I think he always one of the... I think it's the LA, LA one. He trains at the LA one. Oh, in fact, Which is cool. But yeah, I watched the G1 throughout. I fell asleep multiple times trying to watch it today, but I finally got through it. Um, Why the are you JY... so tired? <clears throat> I don't know. What's the matter with you? I did get up really early this morning to try and watch SummerSlam. How soon early? As I watched it. Um, seven. Please, that's not early. <laughs> You have kids. You know what the definition of early is. Five thirty today. Mate. <laughs> go hard or go home. Um, but like, yeah, banging and banging at four a.m. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Kota Ibushi Jay White was a great match. I think it's nice to see Ibushi win it. I did have visions at one point during the match that Jay White was going to win. Um, obviously, Gato tried to get involved um, as he does, uh, trying to hide around the ring because he'd been ejected absolutely hilarious but literally all of bullet club came out at the start of the match and oh, i've seen that corner. picture i've seen the picture of jay white just sitting there and then all you can see is just bullet club surrounding him that looked fucking bad it looks so good oh my god it's like one versus like eight it yeah. looked fucking cool um but they got all ejected apart from gado gado stayed because gado then he got then he got ejected because he tried to trip him up but um <laughs> it was actually nice to see a uh uh We'll call it a uh, Shinsuke Nakamura Kinshasa, but they don't call it that. But he literally Bobby did a knee, it? he yeah uh, he did a he did the yow and then ran yow. toward JY and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, shout out to the Young Lions as well. Like Jack mentioned it in the DMs the other day. He said, "Look, go and watch the Young Lion match because it's unreal." So it's the LA Dojo guys came over as well. Yeah. So it was two LA Dojo guys against uh, two uh, Japanese Dojo ones. Who's um, um, who's fucking Moxley's young like? What's his fucking Shota Amino? Who I saw very early on last last year. I saw him at Strong Style Evolved UK, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" And I was like, "It's just a young lion match. No one really cares." And then I saw him again many times, like in the last couple of months, and I was just like, "Oh, I remember." Oh my god, he's really good. I should yeah. have paid more attention. But yeah, this stuff I think um I yeah. do like how Moxley's, Moxley's taking him under his wing and things Definitely. like that. Definitely. He's got him wearing the Death Riders leather jacket and Yeah, he was wearing that. Cool. It's like his little his little friend, bless him. He's got a little <laughs> yeah. buddy. It's, yeah. it reminds it, it's it's silly. It's I tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of William Regal and Tajiri. From years and years and years ago, when William mm. Regal had Tajiri, like you know, what Tajiri was basically his, um, his like his his assistant, and then Tajiri was begging to go and fight him. Please, can I fight in the ring? And, and William Regal's like, oh, "Go on, then, I'll let you go." And then it turns out Tajiri's a fucking killer, and we Regal's like, "Oh my god, what have I got here?" Yeah, like I know, show like in this match, and so he had a match with Moxley in a tag team match, but he took the pin. But oh, yeah, yeah. he was against Juice Robinson and yeah, someone mind's gone blank. Um, but yeah, it isn't. No, it wasn't Tori. <laughs> no, I know. I was like saying using like a five on five, so I skipped that. 
Um, no, so I just like to say Toriano just to fuck Jack off because Jack really hates him. I think he's quite funny. <laughs> That's me. Um, but yeah, so the I think it's Ren Narita is the other <clears throat> young line at the moment that is okay. turning some heads. So keep an eye out for Narita if you've not seen a match okay. with Ren, Ren Narita in. But there yeah, Narita something. and Shota Amino uh, are good because Amino is Red Shoes' son. Oh, good old Red Shoes. Love me Red Shoes. Um, fuck. There's there's something else that's happened. That there's there's been a um, an intake of uh, basically a youth intake for um, uh, NXT, NXT. Oh, the PC thing. Uh, yeah, PC. And I know that um, what's his fucking name? Austin Theory's joined. From Evolve, yes, Austin Theories. Well, he was there, wasn't he? He was there on yeah. on Saturday. And everyone is raving about him being like the next big. I don't say the next big thing because that's Brock Lesnar, but it's like the next, the next one to be the charismatic, absolute genius in the ring. I've not seen any of Austin Theories' work, but all I'm hearing is good. And so, I need to go and check out some of his Evolve stuff. To be honest. Yes, definitely. And then finally, we've got through the news, just about. According to Pro Wrestling Sheet, Roman Reigns has signed a new multi-year deal. Good. Good on him. Because it's... it's beca- I didn't really realise just how much of a locker room leader he is, but that, that is all the... Uh, whenever you hear, like, backstage stuff or, like, you know, interviews, some sort of behind-the-scenes stuff, they all talk about how much Roman Reigns is the archetypal locker room leader. He runs the show behind the scenes in terms of from the wrestler's end and it's great to see and I'm 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 really enjoy I'm really enjoying Roman Reigns at the moment. I'm really I enjoying him. I am as well. And, am. and honestly it's because he's not in a title picture and he wasn't on SummerSlam. That was that was really neat. He didn't need to be on SummerSlam and I'm happy that, and with all due respect, I'm happy that he wasn't because he didn't have a story he didn't have a story going on. There was no need to throw him in a fucking nonsensical match on there. Or or a um you know, just just a fucking jobber match or anything like that. That was not needed. It was fantastic. Yeah, did, it was good because be the the story continuation from the stuff with him and Buddy Murphy and Rowan actually happened in another match, which didn't involve Roman Reigns. It did. That was very clever, and I liked that. It was a very nice, uh, very nice segue to keep to keep the story going, and Definitely. very very useful. Should we? We might as well get onto that now, seeing seeing as the the, the news is done and uh, yeah. Prediction so, results. So prediction results um, went thus. Uh, so we will include NXT and SummerSlam in this. Um, me and Matt both drew with 13 correct um, predictions. That's because one of you copied from the other one. I don't know who it was. That but was Matt. Find out. Because I did mine first because I knew I wasn't going to be around <laughs> on the computer on Thursday and I did mine Wednesday night. So I saw Matt did mine at his afterwards. Matt, I'm coming for you. Oh, oh, the shots have been fired. That's a pod title. All oh, right, Matt, I'm coming for you. Title. <laughs> um, Chris came uh, second. With twelve, don't know how considering I fucked up NXT so badly. And Jack lost again. What is going on, Jack? You know what it is. Is because Jack tries to overbook things. I, I think I think he has a set path, and if it deviates from that, then his entire predictions are crumbled. Uh, he yeah. has his theory, and then if anything deviates from that theory, then the whole thing falls apart. 
and I think that's what's happened there. So I was say because I had my theory that UE holds all the gold, and that completely fell apart within within so half when an hour I list, of start. When I listened to you talk about that last week, and Dari said exactly the same, I just went, "Oh, they're so right, they're so right." And then when I watched the first one, and I saw Street Profits, when I went, "Oh my god, I've actually got something right for one." Because because because. The thing that didn't make any sense to me, right, is in the build-up, in the actual build-up, my Twitter header is tonight with, with, instead of the O, it has the UE logo. And tonight, because it was plugged as part of, it plugged during fucking Unsainted, which was a fucking great idea. Great tune. Great tune. Right, okay, we'll we'll get to, I'll explain it now. So, NXT started with, I didn't watch any of the pre-show because, Fucking nonsense. No, I didn't. The, sh- the, the the lights go black. And I didn't recognise the song to start with. And it sounded like a live performance. I thought, fuck me, it's not there. I had a sort of weird sort of feeling that slipped Yeah, because the beginning live. of the song has got the, um, yeah. the choir singing Yeah, the choir it. bit. And I thought, fuck me, I, 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 I slipped not there. That would be amazing to get a live cinema performance, but never mind. Um, it took me a few seconds to get it. I thought, oh, that's oh, it's insane. Of course, I know, I heard that. And it just, just two minutes before the show actually kicks off of every single story arc explained to fantastic music and this this is something that i put on twitter earlier on i think it was yesterday or maybe today was that i'm certain that over the last sort of sort of very recently there's been much more of a emphasis in music in wrestling again NXT has always had that though i think it has but 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 not to that extent i mean not even just NXT we're talking sort of mainline as well there, there, there seems to be more influence coming but into music. That's how you remember. That's how I remember promos. Like I can go back to um, when My Way was one of the promo themes for Rock Austin. Way, I can remember. And... I can remember as well. Um, behind is not behind blue eyes. It was. Um, it was a limp biscuit. Another limp biscuit song was a crack s- addict. Was some no, it was um, crack addict was WrestleMania 19, but that, was, no, that it wasn't, wasn't WrestleMania, it was like a summer slam or something. Saint Anger by Metallica that reminded me of uh, of a summer slam. Um, I think that was the first elimination chamber at SummerSlam. Nothing else matters, think, one as well. I'm, I'm, I know they've had plenty of Metallica because real, um, but mo- re- most recently, like Avenged Sevenfold when they did the Triple H versus Roman Reigns, that was the best thing about that. Don't care about that. Was a song, yeah, that yeah. Promo was unreal. So, like, if you can make a promo before a match, instead of having to re-show them forty-two times on the pre-show, don't bother showing them on the pre-show and wait because some of them are unreal, and they will make you remember those specific pay-per-views just by because music can really get you to just remember yeah. things easily than just. Oh, this match happened. Well, I don't really remember the match because it was a match. Whereas if you remember the promo with the music that goes with it, you go, "Oh yeah, I want to go back and watch that." Yeah, it's... yeah, I agree. Um, it's like having having separate music for the build up to the Io Shirai and Candice LeRae match. Having music that fits the 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 type of match or the or the or the the anger behind the match and things like that. It's it's a very nice. Very good way of doing things, and yeah, I long to see it more often because I've been introduced to like different music that because 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 I'm old now, and I, and I claim I'm old. I'm 32, but I'm old. I don't listen to new music as much anymore. Music used to be such an important thing in my life. It was 
I mean, I played bass and things like that because 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 I love music back then. But now I don't listen to sort of nowadays music. I listen to sort of ninety late nineties to sort of two thousand like late twenty ten or things like that. That's the sort of music I sort of listen to nowadays. Uh, so I don't necessarily get to hear new music as much. And just hearing things like that, like, yeah, yeah, bring more of it, more of the new music, that's what I say. Yes, definitely. Um, so back to the predictions just quickly. Because me and Matt and both got 13, we put it out to a Twitter vote, but you lot are so obsessed with both of us, you voted for both of us to 50-50, split, so therefore we both win. Um, in Jack's words, they're both knobheads, so they both get the win. Um, I voted for you, Smoothen, by the way. Cheers. Lovely, did, you, did, you, did you see the tweet that I put out where I said, vote for me or else I get the fiend on you? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was a thing, yes. That was a thing. Um, because um, Jack isn't here, we can say how bad he, bad he was and how he owes five pounds. Yes, he, he's a very bad man and now he owes five more pounds. I still owe a five, by the way. That reminds me I should probably do that at some point. Um, right, should, should we go into the takeovers? Because we're, we're nearly an hour down. Yes, um, NXT. That was yeah, that's mad. That's just from news. Yeah. Um, NXT tag championship match: the Street Profits versus Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era. I thought was unreal. Um, I know. I know a lot of people. I know Jack said this. Jack said that it was probably the most weakest NXT takeover. But I, I think for me, this match was mainly seeing things in tag team wrestling that I've never seen before. And that's why I really enjoyed this more than probably some of the other matches on the card. Yeah, see, for me, I I really enjoyed the match. Um, it's because I've because I don't watch NXT week to week. I only get my, my opinion of the of wrestlers is solely based on takeovers, and I like that because it's just, it's just, it just makes sense to me to do. Unless something amazing happens in a in a in a NXT which gets flagged up on. Um, um, Reddit, I'll, I'll watch it from there. But, um, I mean, I knew of the Street Profits. I've seen bits and bobs from Street Profits. Shout out to Montez, you're my boy. But mm, you've got... got... Oh, he's our boy. He's our boy for life, man. Um, we've got, you know, just seeing Street Profits work in a match, and a really technical match like that the Undisputed Era bring in, it was a really enjoyable match. Oh, yeah. And you had the, just... What I forgot the other guy's name, Montez. What's the other guy's fucking name? Andrew Dawkins. Andrew Dawkins throwing people around, literally throwing Bobby Fish, and seeing just, just again going back to what we said, seeing things that I don't necessarily get to see that often or or see at all. Like Montez Ford trying to do a people's elbow. That was funny. And then doesn't get a chance to do it, but then comes back in the ring and does a does a rock bottom. A rock bottom anyway. Um, I think it's just like stuff where they're um, obviously they do the I can't remember which tag team used to do it, but where he drapes them over the top rope, he's holding one of his shoulders uh, all around his waist, and then Montez jumps over him and lands on him. I can't remember who did that. I can't remember myself either. Um, but like, like you don't see some of that stuff anymore, or some of the like he, Montez Ford's spinebuster is a thing of beauty. Yes, it is. Like. I thought Bobby Roode's spinebuster when he used when when I saw him do it was oh that looks good but yeah. Montez Ford is better I think Mo- Mon- yeah, Montez what- is money genuinely and and, that, and that's not that, that's not a knock on Andrew Dawkins Montez they've got some money in Montez seriously he could be champion he could be 
Universal Champion. He's got and the charisma as well, and I think that's why Vince has asked them to come up to just to do backstage segments yeah, because he's funny. They're funny, and like Angelo Dawkins is beatboxing wrestlers theme tunes and yeah. stuff like that. It's great. They complement each other very well because Angelo's a bit more deadpan than Montez, and Montez is very eccentric, very entertaining, and Angelo's a bit more sort of placid and quite deadpan. And the way the the two sort of mesh together is very, very entertaining. And that's what they are. They're an entertaining tag team that can go. And Montez is incredibly athletic. And the height he gets on a frog splash is unreal. Wasn't there a... No, it wasn't him. Ignore me. It's a five-star frog splash. It's it's it, it's up there with RVD in terms of height, because it's just nuts, and like I just I really just enjoy watching them, and yet I, I have got a man crush. Yeah, Montez, he, he man crush. They're just very entertaining to watch, and I long and I hope they 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 stay down there for a bit longer and continue to elevate the NXT Tag Division. Yeah, I look forward. Need- I look forward to seeing more from them. Yes. Then we shifted into something a bit more serious. Um, Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. And when I first watched this, I only watched up to the triple threat. Mm. Um, so I didn't see the main event and I didn't see um, the women's title match. Yeah. So at that point when I went to bed, I was like, that for me is match of the night so far. Like, Yeah. When I, I watched it all the way through. Um, I'll be honest. Um, I no, no, I didn't. No, um, I was watching. I watched tag title match Candice Io Shirai and most of the North and most of Triple Threat live. Fell asleep. Watched the last two and a bit the next morning. And at the time, I thought at the, I watched it and then I put in the group Candice Io Shirai match at night straight away. And then watched the cha- the championship match again. And then thought, actually, it's not. It's the ta- it's the championship match that's better. But um, honestly, the that 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 Candice Io Shirai match, Io Shirai, my god, I Her cannot wait. Fire. I can't wait for that fucking thing to hit on fucking Spotify and everything else. It needs to happen now. Hurry up, CFO. Oh my god. You, well, fiend, the fiend one's already. I get the, I get that one out. Fuck's sake. Exactly. But no, the just. It was. I didn't. I didn't know what to expect. We we all knew Io Shirai could go. We knew that I, already. I liked Io Shirai, like seeing what I, little bits of her heel turn, and I was like, and then I saw the Candice LeRae stuff, and I was like, do you know what? Going into it, I wasn't really bothered. And I okay. and to be honest, if it wasn't for Io Shirai's heel work leading up to it, I probably would have skipped this. It, it, it's. I get what you're saying. It's it's something that I mentioned that. The match surprised me on the basis that it. I went into the match with sort of no sort of clear idea. When we knew Io Shirai was going to win, but there was no sort of clear idea of just how and and how well Io Shirai handles being a heel. Because we know Candice is white meat babyface, fantastic in the ring. Candice, he's fucking brilliant. Mm. Um, but I didn't go into it with any sort of preconceived idea that oh my god this is going to be amazing and i wasn't let down or oh my god this is gonna be shit and i was and i was sort of let up from it i went in there completely sort of judgment free wait to see what happens and i loved it i absolutely loved it it's just a fantastic match from start to finish instant pie styles pardon 
Spanish flight instant. Five oh star. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I put it as a joke on Twitter. Five star. <laughs> we had we had we had a fucking Spanish fly, top pro Spanish fly, five star. Simple. Yeah, I, mean, I put was... three and three quarters, but you know, whatever. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go with five. It was very good. How I can't remember if it's. Yeah, Candice really took it to Shrey first off, didn't she? She literally just didn't wait. Yeah. Just boom. And Shrey um, took control like a motherfucker. <laughs> like we had use of the announce table with a suplex. We had things like just like trying to do deliver 619s and stuff like that. Oh my God, Candice LeRae doing a torpe suicida. But instead of doing that, turns it into a tornado DDT. It, it catches Mara Ronaldo out. I was not expecting it, and neither was Mauro and I was like, oh my god! Uh, Mauro and I went, Torpe, Torpe, Sewer, DDT, Torpe, Sewer, DDT, what the... And proper Mamma Mia chants and all that sort of shit. No, Only was... bleeping, dude! Oh, it was, it was just, just pure nuts. No, it was fantastic. I, I loved it. I loved, just, the way they told the story, Io Shirai comes off looking fucking badass. Candice comes out of it looking credible as well. She's, uh, you know, she 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 got beaten by an absolute fucking psychopath, and that's that's fine, it's fine. Um, it leads on to the women's women's title match, which I, oh, oh no, it doesn't. It's it's the North American Championship, so, no, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that now. Yeah. Then we'll do the women's cha- championship match um, in a minute. I, I don't know. I don't know what I think about this match. And I know if I speak my mind, Jack's going to hang well, me. You, you, you want to know? You want to know why? Because it's three fantastic workers in the ring. You expected you you came in with high expectations, and it fell slightly short. Yeah, a little. Or bit. is it? The, or it's is it Pete Dunne at the pin? No, it wasn't even the fact that Pete Dunne lost and ate the pin. It was just I don't know. It seemed to lack something for me. I I just don't can't find what it was. But it was still a good match. Oh, very entertaining. I genuinely think this, like, I think Jack said that this was better than the Candice LeRae match. I don't think it was. Well, well, but... I, I think, I think the reason, the reason why is again for me, for me, uh, bear, bear in mind, we we we've started our own internal star rating system, a Meltzer five star system, if you will, and uh, it's. I mean, I've given I've given the, the North American title three and a half, and I gave the the Candice and Io match three and three quarters, and that's a personal preference on the basis that um, expectations. And we know Velveteen can go. We know Roderick Strong can go. We know Pete Dunne can go. We know all three of them working together should be gold. It should have been a five star match, but to me, it just felt it just lacked a little bit. But I, in, and that's nothing against any of the wrestlers. Oh, it's definitely. Just, it was just a little bit, yeah. The, the, I even said in the DMs, it was like, there's something wrong with this pay-per-view to me. I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but something just doesn't feel right to me. I, mm. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. it, it's one of those weird ones that I can't really explain. Yeah, I, I that's the same with me. Like, I love Velveteen Dream. I love Pete Dunne. I love Roderick Strong. But this match, although it was very good... I just felt like it lacked something. I don't know why. I think it could have gone a little bit longer. To be honest, it, it did. It did seem. Did feel quite short. It felt... Maybe because it was a triple threat. I don't know. Triple threats yeah. are always one of those things where, because obviously at certain points you're going to have three people in an absolute clusterfuck. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you're going to have where it's just two of them, and one person's going to be outside the ring for a long period of time. Or you have all three of them punching each other in the faces for a little bit, which which was weird. great. Like, <laughs> it was funny, but you know, um, it's just a, again. I just I don't know what to say. I honestly don't. And this is a podcast where I'm supposed to talk about things, but I can't eloquently explain why I can't why why this what this match wasn't more than it was. I mean, as it may, maybe it could have gone a little bit longer. Maybe it needed a couple more high spots, or maybe it needed a bit more ferocity to it. But there was right. just something that that just didn't seem to click perfectly for me. Again, and, and like, it was a fine match. It was a perfectly yeah. fine match. If I it was like if, the coast to coast stable, that was that was yeah, well, yeah. If 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 this if this was on the Raw or SmackDown, we'd be ranting and raving about it. Yes, but it was do. a net. It was on a takeover. It was from three of the three, arguably some of the best workers in NXT period, and it just felt a little off to me. In some ways, I think it was there to kind of calm you down a little bit after the the heel bar- barrage of what's happened before, maybe and. I guess. Therefore, it's not going to be over the top, but... Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you could argue the placing was a little off. ...to be better than the, the previous, I think. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could argue that the placing maybe been, may, would have been a bit off. I mean, after we... I mean, Shayna Baszler and me and didn't, wasn't really anything to me at all. And that... You could argue that the placing in that match could have been a bit different. You could have swapped that and the North American title match around and that maybe could have kept it kept it a bit better but again it, it's so hard it's difficult to nitpick but, but that because it sounds like that's what i'm doing it sounds like i'm being really picky and really sort of uh fickle if you will to borrow a phrase from daniel bryan but i just no i i might need to go back and watch it again and then i'll um i can form a stronger opinion yeah. on it but there just is there just wasn't it, it doesn't stand out in my brain it, it's, it's not like a, a gargano versus almas or black versus cole or Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream, or Dunn versus Tyler Bate. It doesn't have that sort of instant classic moment in my mind when arguably it should have been. I think they tried... I've I've read a comment here from Bleach Report, sorry. Um, but they kind of do sum it up a, quite well um, because they said, sometimes too much of a good thing can prove detrimental. Dream, Dunn and Strong are three of the best in-ring performers in NXT. Timing is extraordinary. Chemistry in singles matches fought between them has been undeniable. They're also incredibly creative workers. <clears throat> While that creative creativity was full on display, the match fell apart midway through. It got messier than necessary at times because of the amount of action and the cutesy spots it tried to pack into it. Rather than reverting to the three-way formula that sees one guy powder while the others do their thing, tried too hard to keep all three involved. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Which kind of resonates a little bit with me. I think they tried to do too much. Yeah. Because obviously a lot of Pete Dunne stuff is joint manipulation. Slow methodical. Yeah. Velveteen Dream is very much... He can he starts his matches like that, but then he ramps it up, ramps it up, ramps it up. Very, whereas, very flamboyant. Whereas Roderick Strong is very much technical, I will break your back. Um, but he gets, fuck your he back. Works. Yeah, he gets to that by being relatively methodical in his yeah, own way. Sure. So I think that's why it's having those three together in a match that is a triple threat probably should work, but didn't quite work how we expected it, I think. Yeah, I guess. And this, <sighs> this leads on yeah. to Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim. Now... Um, honestly, I rewatched. So I watched this the day after, the morning after. And... <clears throat> Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. 
it, it, it was. I don't know if it's because I can't. I'm going to say this, and people are going to hate me for it. I'm kind of bored of Shayna Baszler. I'm not bored of Shayna Baszler. I I just don't think she. I don't think she's got a credible challenge. She does now, but she didn't for this match. Yeah, and I, maybe that's probably what it is. Honestly, We've had I, matches where it's been. Yes, it's definitely Shayna Baszler. Yes, it's definitely Shayna Baszler. I genuinely got it wrong this time and thought she was losing it. Don't know why I thought that, because Mia Yim is not credible to be a champion right now. Right. I, I don't want to shit on Mia Yim, because I didn't know that much about her. Again, NXT, don't watch it week to week. I've seen bits and uh, drips and drabs of her. Um, there's a lot of... I, I, I sort of put some bits out about Mia Yim, and uh, I was hearing, you know, she was incredibly good in TNA, and on the indie scene, but she seems to have stalled a little bit since coming into NXT. She seems to maybe have rested on laurels, so to say. Um, she's a wrestler that can fucking go, but oh, for yeah. some reason it just hasn't clicked very well for her for NXT. I don't get the character. I, I just don't. I, I I don't at the moment, and I'm sure I might do down the line. I mean, you didn't get Velveteen Dream for fuck's sake. So, so, so true, it's kind of possible that I might get yeah. me a Yim sometime down the line. But to me, I said it before. She dresses like some. Well, she dresses like someone's mum or dad who thinks that's how children dress or young people dress with the bandana and the and the, the baggy bits. It's just it doesn't. It there, there's no character to me. Uh, and and I'm sorry, uh, and I, I don't want to be a dick, but it just comes across that I'm being a total dick to this. But the match just felt sloppy. It felt rushed. It just didn't work for me in any way. And I, and I put... Because Shayna Baszler's had some fantastic matches, but Mia Yim hasn't in NXT, in my opinion. So I put more of the blame on Mia than Shayna. Um, there's calls for Shayna to lose the title. I've seen it all over the place where, oh, I'm bored of Shayna. I've had enough of Shayna. Look, Shayna, Shayna, I don't mind whether Shayna loses the title or not. It needs to be to it would need to be to a credible champion or to a credible competitor. Mia Yim is not a credible competitor yet. I'm sorry, she's not. No, the only thing that I did like um, throughout the match was the continuity of the arm spots. So um, she did the code red off the top, and yeah, 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 like, yeah that looked all right. Her arm, trapping her arm in the. The, the steps and kicking the steps and just working on that arm over and over again because it made you think, oh, Baszler's actually struggling here. Yeah. But that it's... saved me from giving it one star. Because, because honestly, I just, I was not invested in this at all. It was of no, no sort of, just, just nothing to me. It was a void of a match for me. And I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I do feel really bad because I, I know that Shayna's a really good worker and I know that I'm sure Mia Yim's a very good worker as well, but this just didn't work for me at all. Mm. The, the the way that Baszler won as well was <clears throat> obviously very good because obviously her arm, she can't use it properly. Yeah. So she used a triangle instead, which that still looks as badass as, as her whatever. Yeah, clutch. I guess. So there, there, were, there were positive things to take out of it. But on the whole, it wasn't. It didn't grab me. Unfortunately, no. It it wasn't to the standard of an NXT takeover, personally, no. in no. my opinion. And that's again maybe harsh. And I'm sorry if that's the case. But to me, it wasn't of a takeover standard. And I'm sure Jack will completely abuse us in the DM. I'm sure he fucking will. But <laughs> but that that's again that, that's my opinion. Um, However, this match. Oh fuck me. Oh so. <laughs> Everybody, so we had this conversation about the third fall. I called it. And 
you did call it. I also said, <clears throat> or I was like, um, Jack thought it was not announced. And I was like, because I tried to check with Matt, because Matt was watching, like Matt started about an hour later, yeah. but he watched it from the beginning. I didn't watch it from the beginning, but apparently on the pre-show, William Regal did announce what the third four was going to be. I'd not seen that, but Neither then I'd, but then I'd seen tweets of people taking photos of a black clothed box. That kind of gives it away. <laughs> it's a very be a big, cage. a very big <laughs> shark tank. Yeah, um, but the fact that I then saw other tweets which had videos and or gifts from the video, which must have been used in the pre-show, yeah, which had weapons on it, I was like, wow. But I think they should have kept that a complete secret. I agree. Because Jack, Jack, the way that he mentioned it to me in the DM said he popped like a little bitch because of what he saw. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I popped like a little bitch. I knew it was coming. So then I thought, I was like, I know what's what's happening. They shouldn't have mentioned it on the pre show. Obviously, because if they'd have mentioned it on the pre show, that takes all surprise element out of it. Yes, you can't get away with hiding a cage without putting a big black box around it. But I think if they'd have done that, you could go, oh, it's just going to be a cage match. But then when they lo- lower it and you see all the stuff on it, you go, holy shit. That that would have been cool. Yeah. But I already knew what it was, so it kind of spoilt it for me. Should never check Twitter. No, I know. Um, the match itself was fantastic. The problem is I can't remember it. I can't remember. A, I, I, I can, can only remember the third fall. I can. I'm the, sorry, the first... my, my mind's blank. I've, I've been I've been sitting there for the last five minutes while she's been talking about. You know, we've been talking about all the other stuff. And at the same time, I'm trying to think, what the fuck happened in the Adam Cole Gargano match? I can't remember anything. What's going on in my brain? Mm. And all I can remember is some of the mental spots during that last match, during that last fall. Well, the first fall was very much a straight wrestling match. So yeah. there was a lot of times where they were looking for. Oh no, finishes. I remember it. They were looking for finishes a lot. There was a lot of targeting of the knee of. Um, Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, there was a point where he's putting in, like, uh, Gargano put in an ankle lock, uh, injuring the knee even more. He escaped. Then we had, like, belly, like, knee okay, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, he continued to work the knee and it looked like he was going to win. But so then we had, obviously, back and forth, back and forth. Um, but it obviously showed the frustration that Cole couldn't beat him because obviously he used a Panama Sunrise and a Sunset Driver. And and he couldn't beat Gargano. And he couldn't beat him with it. But but, but then Gargano couldn't beat Cole. Yeah, so he was quite nice. But obviously Cole brought brought in the chair, thinking, I cannot beat this man. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take him out because I need to, because I can't beat him any other way. But then Gargano's got the same feeling, but then he's got well, actually my stipulation is next. Which I can win. Yeah. So if I start by losing this one by attacking him with a chair, DQ myself, we can get into the street fight stuff. I can fuck shit up and then I can beat him. I really enjoy. I enjoyed that. He, well, the fuck up and he's like, yeah, whatever. Bring it on. Which also works into like the the commentators because like uh, Mara Ronaldo is like, what are you doing? Why are you disqualify? Why would you do that? Why would you disqualify yourself? And then McGuinness is like, well, the next one's a street fight, so he's just going to continue, and you can kind of like go, oh yeah. This makes complete sense. It does. Um, it, was, it was it was very entertaining, and um, I, I just love Gargano's face expression from staring at the hard cam, going "Wah wah, don't care, gonna wail on him some more." The the second fall, I don't remember too much of. Uh, no, I remember more of the. Were first they fighting one. in the crowd in that one? 
Yes. Yeah. Which is probably why I don't remember it much because they just mm. fought in the crowd. Didn't my, really yeah, my, I said, my mind's pretty much drawn a blank. I but... know they took out the barricade, but the wrong way. So normally you do it the other way. They did it the yeah the ring, which was quite cool. Um, I'm really sorry. My mind, I, I can't, I can't remember anything now. I can't. Jack and Matt will crucify us, and the listeners may crucify us. I'm really yeah. sorry. Um, we had the ta- we had he brought in the tables. Obviously, it was just beating each other with a chair. Yeah, like the chair just fell apart. Like those bits flying off it because um, they kept using the same one. We had the tables, but then he didn't use the tables um, until later on. Um, so the the way that the match ended, I'm just reading it because I couldn't remember this either. Um, the steel <laughs> chair propped in between the turnbuckles. Yeah. Um, it looked like Cole was going to do that to Gargano, but actually it was Gargano did it to, to, to Cole. And then when he came back, he got him in the Gargano escape. Yeah. Um, but then just the next one was just spot. And the barbed wire steel cage complete with weaponry. Best thing is, what I really like about this was there was like a steel table. Yeah. So it looked like a normal table but with a steel casing over it in one corner. So I was like, we're going to have a top cage spot come in. Yeah, we know that's happening. I saw the ladder and I was like, nice. Yeah, I love a good ladder. Um, Obviously, fire extinguisher, kendo sticks, chairs. Um, But then I saw the bag. Oh, the bag. And the bag was, this is, I was like the fans in the crowd because I was like, there's thumbtacks in there. Tacks, are you fucking serious? That's got tacks in there. And then when he got the bag later on, I know I'm jumping a bit, but he got the bag, emptied it, and and everybody in the crowd because oh, it didn't have tax in it. However, because it was William Regal, two lots of brass knuckles. Can, I was like, yes. Can, can I say that was a Regal troll? That was Regal trolling. I'm sorry because because what it is, it goes. There should have been some tax in here. Instead, I put players and some and some brass knuckles. Go fuck yourselves, you smarky <laughs> bastards. Loved it. I bet him and Shawn Michaels because I think Shawn Michaels is very heavily involved in this match. Oh yeah. Yeah, let's troll the fans because they'll hate us for this. But I thought, yeah, this is going to be cool. And then the barbed wire on the top. I was like, nah, they're not going to do stuff with this, are they? They're not. They've seen AEW. Are they going to do it? They tried, but you knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just it was just chair shots, constant chair shots, fire extinguisher. T- like the what was it the Panama Sunrise off the ladder so he jumps off the ladder oh it was nuts oh it was just so Canadian oh Canadian destroyers it was just so good I couldn't ultimately it ended with at the top because so because we we do need to start speeding up because we're like we're, we're, we're well into this now and we've got a lot to go through still um so it, well, it ended with the two falling off the steel coated table at the top, through two tables at the bottom. Cole just sort of rolled onto Gargano and got the pin. Which and, is great again. It's another. And then Gargano did a goodbye. And the people have said, uh, um, believe that he's going to main roster. I don't so think he's going yet. Picture of William Regal holding his arm and his just head's looking the other way. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to let go of you because you're so good. Please don't leave us. <laughs> um, 
but no, like the bit with the pliers or the it was they were like cutters, weren't they? Yeah. So they actually cut some of the barbed wire, which I think Johnny Gargano was trying to use. Yeah. Or someone was trying to use, and then they felt like they pulled each other backwards to go through the table. Yeah, something like uh, that. Yeah. Interesting. Someone on the phones when interviewing Triple H called out Triple H and WWE for using blood. I heard about this. I haven't watched so it. I've, I've watched the video. I listened to it. So he pretty much just said, well, Vince McMahon came out the other week and said, we're not going to do any of that blood and gore shit, effectively. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much kept digging and saying, well, what was the the reason behind putting blood on, on Adam Cole? And he went, there was no blood on Adam Cole. But yeah, there was a bit of blood on his back. And in Triple H went, you're just digging, mate, because that is accidental because he's brushed his back on the table. Are you going to say that's blood and guts? Like, pretty much called him out on it. And literally everybody in the room were just laughing because obviously Gorilla Position put the video on. Yeah. Because um, obviously they were there. And I was just like, that's just stupid. People are trying to make WWE look bad for calling out AEW and then trying to twist it to say, oh, you put blood on the TV show. Why are you doing that? Oh, it's just fishing wankers. Is I'm, I'm, I'm glad Trip, I'm glad Trip shut the fuck down anyway. Probably works for Slice, to be fair. Yes. Right, so should, should we head on to the SummerSlam? Yes. Um, I didn't watch the pre-show, spoiler alert. Um, I, I caught bits of it. I wasn't all really paying attention to it, but, you know. Gulak defeated Lorcan. Good to uh, feed Lorcan. We knew that was going to happen anyway. Bliss and Cross beat the Iconics. Buddy Murphy and Apollo Crews got stopped due to Rowan interference and death. And which is good. Fun. Continuity of story with him and Roman Reigns, etc., etc. Yes. So, so then the first match of the night was a submission match. Becky Lynch versus Natalia. Neddy uh, Nadehurt. I, I thought it was a decent match. I, I, I was no going thinking this is going to be trash. But no, it was good. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say it was great. It was no, it okay. Great. It was. It was a perfectly fine match. I mean, because because Natalia can Natalia is a decent wrestler, and Becky's decent wrestler as well. And it was a decent submission match. A lot of continuity. Uh, I like the fact that someone's grabbing for the ropes. And I'm like, well, no, that 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 that, that doesn't work. Yeah, you can't rope break. To, they have to use it to pull themselves up and try and exactly yeah out of the ring instead which which is quite cool becky hit a rather um, loose sharpshooter but again you know fine it's okay they both tried each other's submissions it's, it's a very different i was good when i first watched this um and now that i thought about it i was going to take a massive dump on it because submission matches aren't great matches to watch to be quite honest no they're a bit dull. It's constant putting people in holes constantly trying no, to get no, it's, it's not that. So I, I'm not that it big a fan like... of, of, of just standard gimmick matches. I'm not I'm not a fan of that last man standing as a, as a concept. Last man standing or it, it really limits what you can do in a ring. Yeah. But uh, as a, a submission match, the, the initial thought of a submission match for Becky, who only has one submission hold. And for Natalia, who only has one, one submission hold. And you're thinking, okay... Right, I mean, I watch it, but yeah, I watched it. It was a perfectly fine match. Yeah, it, it, fine. Was, it was a decent match, and the right person won, so it's okay. Yeah, Becky won. Um, they both tried each other's um, submission oh, no, moves. No, no, did, didn't didn't Natalia do like a a shot out of the with Becky hanging out of the ring? That was that looked fucking gruesome. It's yeah. the first time I swear it's the first time that he's put on a sharpshooter correctly as well. 
probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Becky won with a disarmor. We then had <laughs> Goldberg. Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler with if you watch the WWE watch along on YouTube, it was brilliant. Have you seen the story about Matt Riddle, how he went to go and see Goldberg? Yeah, 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 I've seen it. <laughs> so if you haven't we seen... We need to have a talk, boy. We need to have a talk. Um, yeah, that was great. Oh, my God. It's like Matt... Right, WWE... I'm not your bro. Right, Matt... I don't know if, you, if you're not aware, WWE Watch Along is, in effect, the same thing that, that, that a lot of other uh, podcast groups people do is they sit in a room and they watch the ma- they watch the matches alongside. You can't see the matches, but you can see their fi- their physical reactions to it, like Gargano with the Fiend. But again, we'll get to that later. Uh, have you seen that, by the way? Gargano's no. reaction to the Fiend's entrance. No, I'll have to watch that. <laughs> later. I'll tell you about that. So, um, uh, and so so to get so in in this area, you got Pat McAfee, who some people hate, some people like. Personally, I think he's quite funny. He's quite entertaining. He knows how to set the piss out of himself. And Adam Cole hates him. So that makes it even funnier because Adam Cole just rips him to shit all the time. At one point, he said, uh, he, "No, what is it? What do you say?" Uh, Adam Cole said it should have been Pat McAfee on a pole match for for the third stipulation. We'd have just left you in the ring and walked out. Um, brilliant, good old, good old Adam Cole. Um, it's <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Iconics are usually on there. Liv Morgan's usually on there, but uh, Matt Riddle was sitting in there this time, just ripping Goldberg to shit for the entire time. But no, he was doing it without. Like he was doing it sarcastically. Oh, sarcastic ripping! It's like when, 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 because obviously, obviously, it was a squash match. Dolph Ziggler cut, uh, stands in, stands in the ring. Goldberg destroys him, and then Dolph Ziggler comes up, goes, "Give me more," or whatever. he wants more, or whatever. What you call that? And blah 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 blah. And then he, Matt Riddle jokingly gets up and goes, "Right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and get him. I'm gonna go and save Ziggler." <laughs> just starts taking the Mickey. It's the bit where he wins the Goldberg wins the match, and he just throws his flip flop. <laughs> oh, come on! Dolph. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. I loved it. Um, but yeah, pretty much a very generic squash match. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it, it looked like it was going to be quick win for Ziggler with super kick, super kick. Um, turns out no spear, jackhammer, game over, and then called back for more. Riddle interferes, uh, but no, just a flesh wound. Yeah, tis <laughs> a flesh wound. Out. It is effectively that from there. Yeah, but we, but you know, this is Dolph's character now because he did that on Raw as well. Um, to the Miz, cool. You know, slight drop in ability there, but never mind. Um, next, we had AJ and Ricochet. I thought it was a really good match. Probably one of my favourite on the card, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, they can both go. I mean, I don't even really need to go into details, to be honest. Just watching, just watching how Styles can catch Ricochet midair. As he's going for, I think it was like a flip yeah. top rope into a style clash, and it didn't look didn't look groggy. It didn't look messy. It was it's it so flowed, clean. So yeah, it, it was because so uh, the thing is, right? Is, bear in mind, AJ has spent it's, his WWE career has been spent him being the flippy one. And the one who does all the sort of because he's quite an acrobatic guy, isn't he? he does his four fifty, yeah. some for him, and whatnot. Do, does the acrobatical kind of stuff, but he has to be the lumbering guy to ricochet. So ricochet is going pew 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 all over the place, literally, according to his entrance theme, going all over the place. And AJ has to be the one who has to be the, the sort of slower guy to sort of bring it back down a level. And he handled it really well. 
I love Ricochet standing on. Was it? Uh, what he basically standing on gallows. Oh, and, he stood on. Yeah, he like gallows like, and Anderson's head. He just stood on their shoulders, like like leaping platforms to get to AJ. Yeah, fantastic, Not a lovely spot that. And fine. But yeah, it was, a great, it was a very good match. Yep, very fine. Good. Anaconda Vice, therefore CM Punk chance. CM Punk through the roof. So yeah, Bailey was... versus Ember Moon in the worst built match. Who's first? What? Snooze first. No, it was the worst built match ever. I feel so fucking sorry for Ember Moon. I, I do. Cause, so do I, because it was a snooze fest. No, 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 no. It wasn't it was a snooze fest. Because no one cared. Because Ember Moon, in the four or five weeks in the build-up to it, has been the person... She lost every match. Every match in the build-up to it, she's lost. So then... So then and then Bailey saves her. And it's like... This is dumb. This is fucking stupid. And it's not needed. It's shite. Bailey's but, character on main roster does not work. Bailey's character oh. works on the main roster fine. It's it's that she she needs a credible she needs a, an opponent that makes sense. And they need to do storylines that work. Yeah. Instead it's, it's of booking because like I'm fine with I'm f- absolutely fucking fine with Bailey being champion. It's perfectly fine to me. It just as long as she has the right stories going forward, then yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that Ember Moon was the wrong person to face Bailey. She wasn't, but if it was booked right, then yeah. Ember Moon can be an uber babyface, as well as Bailey, because she's got the most over finishing move in the entirety of wrestling. Mm. The Eclipse is the most over move. Okay, come at me. It's the most over move in wrestling at the moment. So, you know, it's fine. You know, it, it could have been booked so much better, but it was shit. Simple. Toronto crowd really hated Bailey, didn't they? Oh, they, oh, they yeah, they're proper they smarky cunts, aren't they? Do, yeah. They booed everything. They, they booed. They booed everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of booing everything, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon uber booed. Kevin Owens. Uh, all we need to do. All that needs to be known is that a Shane McMahon did not do a coast to coast, and b Kevin Owens hit a stunner. At the end. That's it. That's all I need to say. We also had you can't wrestle chance, which was delightful. Oh, beautiful. Um, wasn't Elias in this as an enforcer? Oh my god! So Elias came down to the ring. In his ref shirt, um, and got in the way when um, I know he tripped up Kevin Owens. Owens was Owens was doing Owens did a sent on off the apron, hit the ref and hit Elias. Uh, that feeds into what happened on SmackDown, and then and then Owens beat the living fuck out of Elias with chair shots and this that and the other. Uh, it gets into the ring. Basically, this I'm just talking to the end of it. Shane McMahon's on his knees in a big sweaty blubby mess because you know he's an old man, and he's 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 Shane's going, come on, come on, hit me with a chair, hit me because you know if he loses, he's 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 gone. And then you know refs going, no, don't do it, no, don't do it. And then he and the crowd's telling him not to do it. He doesn't do it. He puts the chair down. It takes a lot of restraint to do that, by the way. Uh, to not hit Shane. If you've got the opportunity to hit Shane with a chair, you fucking take that shot. Jesus Christ. Uh, and then rest back is turned. Rest back is turned. Wallop in the bollocks. Shane Shane goes down in pain. Gets up. Stunner. One, two, three. Game over. And that's fine. Massive pop because he's, he's Kevin Owens in Canada. So Love it. As fuck. Love it. Now, this match surprised the living fuck out of me. I give it three and a half stars. Uh, Charlotte Flair, Trish Stratus, I'm talking about now. Trish what she can still go like a motherfucker she she's that that was her last match sadly she she's confirmed she's retired but mate 
I don't remember individual spots in this match. All I remember is being solidly impressed with everything in this match. With everything from, from both sides being fantastic in this match. Yes. Yeah, it was good. Right. Um, you need to tell me what happens with Kofi and Randy because I didn't see that. So, um, Kofi and Ra- Randy Orton. I've seen the booing uh, at the end and the bullshit chance. Yes. Um, so the match, obviously... Kofi's family was at ringside, little little oh, lad, yeah, yeah. Um, wife. Obviously, we had um, Randy Orton come out. We had pretty much, he was just a generic wrestling match, which didn't have a lot going on. It was very slow moving. Um, obviously, Randy likes to throw the pace down to fuck Mark. Obviously, off. building, yeah, obviously, building. Um, we had uh, <laughs> we had bits where Kingston dro- like took out Orton with like loads of clothes clotheslines and a boom drop, and then went, "Who's stupid? Not me." <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> um, we had the the backbreaker. Obviously, Orton did his usual things on the on the um, announced tables so where he picks them up into a backbreaker and just launches them literally whoosh, off. You go. Fly, fly, Kofi, fly. Um, he did that a couple of times. Um, cool. It was pretty much just a... I can't think... This is the thing. I don't really remember much about it. Um, obviously, they were trying to get into their RKOs and Trouble in Paradise whatnot. Um, he went to the top. The bit that did happen, that I do remember, is he went to... They were doing, like... Um, pin attempts like backslides, etc. Um, Kingston then went to go to the top rope to try and do um, some sort of move, and obviously RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> um, but then he didn't pin him straight away, so Kingston rolled out the ring. Um, Orton went outside, and it was right in front of the family. The little lad, you know, the one who was like jumping around in the ring at WrestleMania, yeah, or flamboyant of the two mm. he was like giving off to Orton which is brilliant yes, um, but yeah he was pretty much a very slow I didn't even realise there was a count going on because I couldn't hear it but they both yeah. got crouched down um, because Orton was just tormenting his family in front of him but didn't really do anything so it's a bit it's just weird. It it sounds very weird. And then, as far as I remember, Kofi then just wells on the living shit out of him afterwards. The kendo, the kendo, yeah. And that's that, really. But I think the reason why the crowd shat on it is because of the ending. Yeah. The, the match itself, from what I remember, the match itself was fine. Just the end was shite. Because it took forever for him to just do all this stuff with the family. And it was just like, just get him in the ring and pin him. Yeah. Just do something, and it nothing really happened, and then it ended in a double count out. I don't know where we go from here. Is it going to be Randy Orton and Kofi too? Probably a clash of champions, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if, and I don't want. I kind of want to see a new champion. That's no disrespect to Kofi. I just think he's had his time now. I think it needs. We need a new. There was a part of me that thought that, and that's the reason why I went for Randy Orton. But then I watched. Kofi's 24 on on the network and seeing what the guy's been through and what being a champion from Ghana really means 
and how he's basically a national hero mm. because of his heritage and because he's, you know, uh, the champion. He's a national hero, and I can see them keeping the title in for a while longer, and that's fine as long as he can have some decent ma- keep going with decent matches. The, the match itself, from what I remember, was fine. Just his finish was a bit shit, so you know, is what it is. It just set us up that we're going to have another one, I think. Possibly, just hoping not with a shit finisher. But it doesn't yeah. matter because the thing happened now, which was the best thing to happen the entire oh, weekend. Don't at me. Best thing to happen the entire weekend. They had one shot to get this right. And they got it completely right. And they did it. They got it so right. Absolutely spot on. It was it was better than I than I imagined. Because that you can throw all the NXTs at me, you can throw everything at me. This is what I've been I wanted to see this i want to see what the fiend's entrance was going to be i want to see what his music was going to be i want to see how he was going to how he was going to be in the ring and I whether he wear the mask when he was wrestling yes just all of these things and literally um because i didn't watch it on sunday night and i didn't watch it um until this morning which is thursday which is a long time the first thing that i did was Skip to the Fiend's entrance. I was like, I, went, I, I just went straight to Twitter. I went straight to Twitter. Someone will have uploaded it. I'm sure it's there. And I watched it and just went, I just sat there and went, that was fucking good. So you see, the, 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 the funny thing is WWE initially released the entire entrance and then, oh yeah, the entire thing on their YouTube channel. The entire thing was released on, on YouTube. And then they realised that obviously having a mask of Bray Wyatt's face as a lantern probably won't sit down very well with the kids. So yeah. they rem- they removed it and then put up a 50-second version of it instead. Um, just, uh, all right. The ma- I just want to say, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about The Fiend and all that stuff in a second. I don't like the fact that um, that Finn got much offence in and that the, the, the Finn was able to actually get the Finn down briefly. It was still, yeah, it was still a squash. It was still a squash, but it wasn't as justifiably a squash. Um, I, I don't mind Finn getting a few punches in and a few kicks. Maybe he'd step up into Guri or something like that. Or some or something that, that would have led the Finn to go down and roll straight back up. But then obviously it led to the finish with the mandible claw, so fine. By the way, love that as a finish. I um, love it's okay so, so we'll cut back to the entrance so Finn comes in everyone's like yeah that's cool that's cool I've also on YouTube by the way I know I'm skipping over three I'm going in three million miles an hour right now on YouTube right now there is a in stadium someone's in the stadium where, or, at the event on their phone recording it the entire entrance and the entire match and it looks even better live it looks insane live <laughs> Right, sorry, we had to just um, stop stop recording for just a minute. So, as you were saying, yeah. So the the fiend didn't the the fiend's entrance didn't really come across very well at the beginning because no. the let me in was not there properly. Um, and then I've listened to the actual Code Orange version, um, and that is very different to how it was played. Yeah, I th- I think I think it's tailored to certain events. Which is- which is good because I think the beginning bit still has the dun 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 dun, but it's, it's very distorted. It's I very like distorted, it. heavy bass. I didn't like it um, on the track, but they didn't use it in the entrance. Oh no, no, no! I I like it. I like it from the track because it because because obviously it's a song. Yeah, it's yeah. an actual song. WWE yeah, bought the rights to it. They used it in the entrance. I think. Don't think it'd work. It wouldn't have the same emphasis. I don't think. Well, I guess. 
I guess, and just um, a really heavy hurt and heal. It sounds like blood and kill, but <gasps> hurt and heal. <sighs> Shout out to Code Orange, man. Fucking awesome. That is yeah, um, such a great version of it. But when I was what like, because when I was watching it, I was like, I heard the hurt and heal, and I was like, this sounds heavy. This sounds like Slipknot style. Yeah. What he wanted, and then they started doing the, the catching flies. I was like. Oh what! I know. I know. As soon as I heard "Catching Flies" and "Catching Flies," I went, "Oh, this is brilliant!" They've just remixed his original theme. They've remixed Bray Wyatt's original theme. This is perfect. It's a twisted version of Bray Wyatt. This is fantastic. I love it. This makes total sense. Oh my god, he's got a lantern of Bray Wyatt's face. Oh my god, this is amazing. And it ties it, little details of it. It ties in with the um, Firefly Funhouse, where everything, everything is just a, it's just a link to Bray Wyatt's past. Yeah, because you've got Buzz- Mercy's Follow the Buzzards. You've got uh, Abby the Witch. You know, Sister Abigail. You've got um, um, Huskers, which is Husky Harris, and Rambling Rabbit, which is uh, his rambling promos towards the end of his time as um, as Bray Wyatt. I think that's what it is. Rambling Rabbit to me seems like a reference to his promos towards the end of because basically Bray Wyatt's promos up, up until the, the the Matt Hardy stuff was. Just promo after promo after promo after promo, lose. Promo, 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 lose at pay-per-view. Promo, promo, lose at pay-per-view. And that's just a repeat of that over and over again. So I think that might be what it's in reference to. Just There's a bit where they zoom in on the lantern when it's on the apron. Yeah. And it's actually got stitches over his eyes. The eyes are stitched and and the the handle is his hair with dreadlocks. I was just like, that is creepy as shit. Uh, and like, and it, just even like when he's outside of him, he stands there and he puts the hands to his head and just sort of just morphs and just and goes right and just storms up. And then, and then in time with the music, where he starts back going back into the hard hill, he's just sort of like right up against the hard cam, leaning up against the 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 um the, lights. Um, oh my god, you can tell hey, those lights. Well, I know I said I, that's going to get boring. It'll never get boring. And anymore. you know what? I another bit that I love is that the theme just goes. Like that in the middle. In the middle of it, it just stops. Yeah, it was like, you can't stop it. You don't have to fade it out. Of the way that he does, yeah. And normally he has to wait until he blows the thing out, doesn't he? Yeah, no, it, it just cuts. Just cut, yeah. and it echo. It, it cuts to an echo silence. It, you hear a slight reverb as it reverberates around the building, and then just just dead stop. And and like the end, he's got a fucking outro. He's got an outro. The outro. Oh. No one gets an outro. Mankind wouldn't get an outro. He asked. I, I, I remember hearing about it. Mick Foley begged for an outro. He didn't get one. Bray Wyatt's got an outro. Because it works. And because every single detail of this character has been created directly by Bray Wyatt. Every single nuance. Every single millisecond of that entrance is timed to perfection every single millisecond of the outro every single millisecond of the match itself is timed to absolute perfection yeah. it's like he doesn't iris whip them he fucking flings them by the back of his head he because really, he doesn't do a standard iris whip to, to finn balor he launches him by the back of his head there's a bit as well where i was because he, he got fucking headbutts him yeah he got into the corner as well and he did the thing where he goes upside down yeah which looks creepy, but then I was like, "Oh, he's going to do the thing where he's on all fours, isn't he?" No, and he's not. Ruin it. Oh, he didn't. And I was like, mm, "Good, I like it." But yeah, there was a bit where it just showed Finn's pure after the entrance. You, you went to Finn, 
and Finn's face, and I saw a tweet which was the best thing ever. He says, "I should have worn the brown pants." Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> I like that, and I, I, and even you can tell the 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 Finn's choice choice of wearing white as well. It's the symbol of evil and uh, light and good versus yeah. bad, yeah. light versus dark. Um, if I remember correctly, it's either Finn Balor's first entrance or Bray Wyatt's first entrance on Raw. That camera shot of Finn Balor looking perplexed and scared uh, right in the entrance is replicated exactly. It's either Finn Balor's first entrance when whoever he's facing has that sort of perplexed, perplexed yeah. scared look or it's someone whoever Bray Wyatt's facing. I can't remember what it was. I saw it on Reddit. I was like, that, it's... Everything about it is a callback, and it's perfect. And they had, as I said, they had one shot to do this, and they did it absolutely spot on. I was terrified they were going to fuck this up because mm. we the were crowd, saying it for the months. Crowd were, the crowd's anticipation as well was so. You oh could, my god! You feel because before he came out, they were obviously chanting "Yowie Wowie," and I was just like, they are so excited for this that if it goes wrong, they will shit on it. Oh, they will shit on it. They will take a massive dump on this if it goes really badly. But it didn't because at the end, they were going, that was awesome. It was like, literally. You think about it, it's a massive gamble because how do you live up to the... Because bear in mind, the Firefly Funhouse has been going since like April. Mm. You know, how do you build a character for four months off screen and then all of a sudden you, you... bring him in and it has to be it's going to work isn't it i think his his promo work that's going to be on screen is going to be him in the house i think it is and then anything else is going to be fiend when you see him he's going to be the fiend yeah and to be quite honest that outro he goes black and you hear him get out of the ring because you can hear him drop down yeah. and, out. and then he gets to the um you could just hear the <laughs> laughs and it's just like that is creepy isn't it yeah. but then he gets to the top of the ramp and it's just like I don't know if it says let me in. I can't really remember. And it's just him turning back. And you just go, if you see that to end, if he, if the Undertaker did that, you'd get freaked out. Yeah. If Kane did something like that with his mask, you'd get freaked old, out. Old Kane, yeah. If it was, and yeah, okay. If it's anybody else just without any face paint or any mask, it looks shit. But with the Fiend's mask, it looks absolutely terrifying. And the thing with it, right, is. It gave like they, they've WWE have been crying out for a gimmick wrestler. Velveteen Dream is the only gimmick wrestler they've got at the moment. He's the only one they have, and he's in the wrong. He's on a different like, brand. A monster type. Gimmick. Yes, this this works because it because I think we now know everything about the Undertaker and how it happened, like yeah. how everything happens. Because I, I'm at the age now where, oh yeah, lightning's in the stadium yeah, okay. when I was a kid. I was like, oh, that's terrifying. Now I'm like, it's just special effects. Like, a little bit of pyro. Yeah. Whereas now with the Fiend stuff, it's everything turns to black and you don't know what he's going to do. I like that. And it's the, the lights which makes it horrifying. And I've said to you many weeks before, he needs to stand in the crowd. They need to have like four or five people wearing the same mask stood in the crowd and you don't know which one it is. That sounds like a great idea. And you just get the, it like pops up in one corner of the stadium and it's got the lights flat. Someone's behind him flashing the lights. It goes black again. He goes somewhere else. He does it exactly the same. It goes black again. And then you just get, it could be anywhere. It, it, it Honestly, the thing black. with this now is... The possibilities now are completely endless. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we've seen what we've seen. Do we seen the debut? The great thing is he wasn't on Raw and SmackDown. I've read that they're going to keep him and they're keeping him fresh. They're going to keep him away from TV. Well, well, it's very, it's very simple. Do you want to know why? Because you have to watch every week to find out whether he's going to be on TV or not. Because right now he's the hottest thing in wrestling. Full stop. He is right he now. Is. Period. I I literally went to the WWE shop the, this morning because I was like, oh my god, I hope there's Fiend merch. There's a mask. Yep. There's the Hurt Hill gloves. You can buy each individual puppet. Oh, not just that. No, you you you. There was a Firefly Funhouse box. Uh, I don't know if that's still there, but there was definitely no, please tell me sort of release video. Uh, the, the Bray White doing the the um uh the advertising for that. No, I'll do oh, it's it. so good. I will show you it in a minute. Stickers. No, I'll show you. In a minute. But yeah, yeah, like it's really good. But, but then um, he's also got two T-shirts, which one that says Yowie Wowie, which yeah. I obviously would like. Obviously, I want one which is more like I want to see more of his mask on a T-shirt with Yowie Wowie. Underneath. I think you might see that, and I will buy that. I saw a hurt and heel on either side, um, but it's it's just very, 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 very clever, and I it was all I cared about for the entirety of SummerSlam. It's all I cared about. Completely agree. Um, um, I was like, I'm done now. I don't really want to watch the rest. Yeah, but I have to. But you can understand why they put it on so late. Yes, because it would have scared the shit out of little children. Because didn't you say that they listed this as TV14 earlier in the week? It wasn't TV14 though. It was PG. They oh. lied. Um, it honestly, it that if my if my eight year old saw that, she would have shat herself. Genuinely, she or obviously not she shat herself, but she'd have been scared. You know, I can get the feeling why they put that on so late in the show. Gave me goosebumps throughout. Well, yeah, because we're... I've never, yeah. I've never watched a wrestling segment like that for a long time, which gave me goosebumps. I've... Uh, uh, yeah. And just pure... Oh, I, I loved it. I loved it. I've just seen the time. Uh, <laughs> Universal Championship, uh, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. Um, Go on. Lesnar's a transitional champion, ladies and gentlemen. That hurt my head. <laughs> Lesnar's transitional champion. Okay. It was a fun match. <laughs> he is. He's been champion for what? Yeah. Uh, just... you, you need to talk about this one because um, I don't know what to say. So, so uh, I genuinely thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be Brock Lesnar's going to destroy him. Game over. And it wasn't. It started that way. Okay. A little bit. But with Seth. Because Seth stomped him very quickly. And I thought, oh my God, he's going to squash Brock Lesnar. What the actual hell? That's hilarious. Um, but he didn't. Um, lots of German suplexes, obviously. Um, F5. Um, suplex City. Tossing around. the, Doing a like a, a spin move while holding his back strapping he literally picked him oh yes, yes. And wheeled him round i was like that was good i like that um but yeah it was just a bit as the match kept going on i thought rollins is winning this isn't he and i could imagine people watching it live will go yeah he's gonna win here <laughs> the longer it goes on the more bray starts taunting you know it's all gonna turn to shit for bray uh not bray uh wow brock yeah on the mind um but yeah it was 
it, I don't know. There was no low blows. There was none of that. It was literally he won clean. Um, he did many stomps. He did many frog splashes. Um, and I was quite surprised. To be yeah, quite. I was surprised as well. But ultimately, I can see why they did it. But you now, can they were going to work on his ribs, which they did quite a lot. There was a um, flying frog splash from the top uh, of the turnbuckle to the outside on a, an outs table, which was cool. But then, but then, I mean, going past this now, because because we do need to start wrapping up soon. Um, you know what? You know where next for Seth? You know where does he go next with this? Who does he face next? Mm. Thing is, this is quite interesting. Um, get Rollins, Rollins winning clean is something which Lesnar has done quite a few. He does not simply do jobs uncontested. He put John Cena over clean at Extreme Rules in 2012. Yeah. He lost a convoluted street fight to Triple H at WrestleMania. Yep. And he put Roman Reigns over last year. Yeah. So what? that's four, four clean losses in seven uh, years he's he doesn't put people over clean that often very rarely that makes this seem like a big deal i don't well, think we, we'll see it for a while to be quite honest nah, i don't think we need to i don't think we need to uh i, I don't i don't think we'll see brock again till um october to be honest mm. and that's fine that's how yeah. it is and so be it so 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 for me uh raw and smackdown i watch um, so this is going to be interesting. So Seth Rollins addressed the universe to start off with, I believe. Yeah, basically, yeah, we did it. That's it in a nutshell. So yeah, we did it. it was thanks to you guys, we did it. AJ comes out with um, with the OC. Uh, Ned challenged challenge him to a match later on in the night. So it was a champion versus champion match. Yeah, champion, yeah, champion, champion versus champion match, which closed out Raw. Okay. It, was it was a very good match as well, to be honest. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Sami Zayn. Oh, that's so funny. The backstage segment to this was Montez and that uh, was Street Profits in the back. And Sami Zayn's like, oh, why are you pandering to the audience? I mean, look at Samoa Joe. Look at what he's become now. You know, he was this, you know, he was this mean killer. And now he's just, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Roman. Oh, I'm sorry. Joe standing behind him and goes, hey! <laughs> Sami Zayn proceeds to shit his pants. Obviously. And then Joe pushes him and goes, yeah, why don't you fight me in the ring now? Sami Zayn goes down to the ring. Uh, they, they go down to the ring. Sami Zayn tries to hit him. Joe locks in a, uh, uh, a cookie in a clutch. Death. Game over. Squash. Is this, in some ways, a Samoa Joe face turn? No, it's not. That, that was addressed on SmackDown. It was not a face turn. <laughs> because when it was... <coughs> when it was the, um, the... Oh, sorry, Roman. Kind of thing. Uh, Roman, you okay? That seemed like a face turn a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, it did. And then I think they, they reeled that back in on SmackDown where Joe basically went, what did Joe say? It's like, I won't forgive any of you for doubting me. I won't forgive any of the fans, any of the wrestlers. You you all owe me and things like that. Basically just the arrogant Samoa Joe that we used to. Good. Good. Yeah. Because I think that would ruin him a little bit. Yeah, it would. Mason Dolph Ziggler. Oh, for fuck's sake. Was it shit? Um, no, it, it wasn't terrible. It's just this Dolph sort of give me more sort of stuff really irritating to me. So, um, Miz and Ziggler having a perfectly fine... Oh, no, no. Ziggler goes, because I got fucked by Goldberg, there's no way I'm going to compete in this match. Miz is like, all right, and whatever. Turns around, and then Ziggler attacks him. They have a match. Ziggler, um, no, Ziggler gets put in as the figure four, taps out. Then Ziggler... Um, oh, no, the match happens, and then the, the, it 
the wins by the tap out. Um, Ziggler is uh, Miz walks up the ramp. Ziggler goes on the mic and basically starts mouthing off like he did to Goldberg. Uh, except he doesn't turn around this time, and Miz just lit, hit skull crushing finale on Ziggler while he's facing the other way. <laughs> Boys baseball stand to the ring while so so if he's walking down to the ring, Ziggler's facing the announce table while he's talking. Yeah, and Ziggler doesn't know Miz is standing behind him. Miz just hit skull skull crushing finale. You hear him go before he goes as well. It's quite funny, but yeah, that's it. The end. <laughs> Sorry, I've <laughs> just seen the DMs. I'll read it later. Um, yeah, because I saw the thing here. It says apparently the Miz before he got another skull crushing or oh, before he got a skull crushing finale. Apparently, Maurice was the best wrestler in the Miz Island family. Yes, that was that was just basically just Ziggler's just a troll now. <laughs> Ricochet versus Elias. Oh God. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, Elias came out and started, uh, hello, welcome to, you know, walk with Elias and things like that. Starts playing guitar and he says, no, this is not going to be one where I'm going to be interrupted. Um, he got speared by Edge, didn't he? He got speared by the egg, of course. Egg happened. Oh egg happened on SummerSlam. That's because it was on the pre-show, so I didn't At see Toronto. it. Yeah. Good old egg, not listening to doctor's orders. Um, he'll, be, he'll be back in the ring. He, by looked, he looked mightily relieved after he hit that spear. <laughs> Mightily <laughs> relieved. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, Ricochet comes out and goes ahead and basically just starts shit talking Elias. They have a match. Simple. It's cool. it, it's just a standard match. Nothing. Nothing of any sort of majorness happens. <laughs> the analysis from Bleacher Report is: What do we have for Ricochet? Nothing. What do we have for Elias? Nothing. Match. Put them together, have the baby face say "suck" and book an impromptu match. Yep. Basically. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade again. But two out of three falls. falls. And, Andrade wins bo- and Andrade wins both of them. Oh, he wins the first two, does yeah, he? he wins the first two, yeah. That's amazing. Zelina Vega interfered for the first one. The second one, I can't remember what happened. but I can't remember what happened, but yeah, it was a very good match because it's 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 Rey Mysterio and, um, and Andrade. There's a, it cuts to a backstage bit afterwards where Rey Mysterio is walking around the back and Charlie Caruso in shit in true shithousery that she does. Basically, so what, what next for Rey Mysterio? And Rey's like, I don't know, man, but I'm just, I've am just i just got to put food on my table for my kids, man, for my kids. Even though Dominic's like 22. <laughs> but you know, clever, right? He's a himself. We watched this bit. Yeah, he's pretty much signed, I think, as far as I know. Yeah, uh, Cedric Alex and uh, Drew McIntyre? Good match. Very, very good match. Um, Cedric, man, you forget how well, you just forget how good this guy is. You, do, you just forget how good he is. Um, so it's just I I can't go into much detail. On TV, what? What? Apparently, this match had a top fro- top rope Spanish fly. Top rope Spanish fly. Yep, correct. Then five star. It's a five star five star TV match, of course. Oh, yeah, what is this? Very good back and forth. I remember it was a devastating, um, devastating Claymore. Claymore to win it. Oh my god! I love it, 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 it turned Cedric inside out. But it was a, again. Cedric had a lot of the offense in this one. Um, Drew was Drew was on the ropes quite a lot in this. Stop! What are you laughing at now? Just read the next segment. No way, Jose versus Robert Roode in a they still work here match. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's, that's literal. And then they gave the match an F. Um, yeah. I think say on that. Let's move on. It it literally it literally. If, as, if, as, as far as I remember, the match started, and whilst the match was going on, it cut to a backstage bit 
for where that. where Paul Heyman was going into his no, came out of the Brock, Brock Lesnar's locker room to talk to Charlie, and then just, there was just silence, and then it went back to the match. <laughs> What's the fucking point in that? Match was right. shit. Hit, hit his glorious DDT. The end. Uh, Lucha House Party versus Revival. That happened. Revival won, didn't they? Twenty four seven championship. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, twenty four seven match happened in the middle of it. And I was like, "What?" The revival won the title. The twenty four seven title. <laughs> Did One they keep the it? revival? No. Okay. Went around to a backstage segment, and then Elias won it after hitting uh, R with a chair. I oh, know with a guitar, I think. So hang on. So the revival won in a match. No, then the, revival, they were... the revival didn't win the match. As far as I know, um, during the match, um, you see R-Truth and Carmella run to the ring while people are chasing them. And then all of a sudden, it just turns into a big pile on 24-7 match like it, like it happens in the ring. Um, the Revival, one of the Revival pin, R-Truth, win the title. Uh, and then uh, some other point, uh, no, then R-Truth wins the title back off one of the Revival. R-Truth runs around the back and you see um, Drake trying to chase after him at the back of the queue. He doesn't get anywhere near it. And then um, it goes to backstage, but R-Truth's around the back. Elias just comes from out of the shadows with a guitar, whacks him, wins the title. And I think that's the end of it. I don't think there's anything else happens to 24-7. I think Elias is 24-7 champion. I can't remember. Although, um, I completely forgot to mention this. When they did the uh, announcers on SummerSlam, the international row of... of, (gasps) They had R-Truth and Carmella just sat there going... Hi, my name is... <laughs> that was good. That was quite good. It's quite clever. I liked it. Um, the biggest news from Raw, which I did see, was new hair to who dis. Right. New hair who dis. Who got new hair? New hair who dis. Sasha Banks. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> yes, of course. Sorry. Yeah, so it took me a minute to remember the reference. So, of course, Natty's out in the ring doing her sort of sub story. Uh, you know, this is what my dad said to me and my dad died. Here. And as soon as he, as soon as she says, my dad died, my dad passed away a year ago today, you hear the Sasha Banks theme. I'm not going to sing it. I've done it once. I'm never doing it again. Um, I watched that back reasonably recently and it's really bad. I can still remember some of the rap. That's terrible. But it's a really bad song. But yeah, um, Sasha comes out and just goes up to Natty and hugs her. He puts her hand around her throat for some reason while she's hugging her, which is weird. And then just goes, she goes, I'll go get a mic. And she just wails on her and absolutely fucks her up. Bear in mind, bear in mind um, that uh, Natty's selling a dislocated elbow, by the way. So, so she's got her arm in a sling. She doesn't have one, but she's selling a dis- dislocated elbow. So she's got her arm in a sling and Sasha's just fucking her up. Time. I'll turn up in a purple wig, but then take it off to reveal blue hair. Yeah, yeah, that was. Ba- oh yeah, then and, yeah, and yeah, just just after she well, she sort of took she she took off the purple wig and revealed the blue hair. Took a coat off as you do, and then she continues to fuck her up for a few minutes. Then Becky came out, and they had they had a little bit of a fight, and then Sasha just overpowered her, and then basically beat her to shit with a chair, including a back of the head chair shot as well, which was unintentional, but. There, there's cam footage of it, um, of it, and you can. It's fucking hard how hard she's hitting her. Jesus, right. but she wails on her massively. But I do like right, right at the end, before she ends up going around the back, she's sort of really close up to her face and says something. I can't remember exactly what she says. I basically told something about keep your mouth shut or whatever it was because Becky's been running her mouth on Twitter as she always does. 
and um, and Sasha slaps or kicks Beck, uh, slaps or hits Becky. Becky laying on the floor, still tr- still trying to kick out at her, so she's still trying to get a couple of shots in. But then Becky just hits her again. Oh no, no, then Sasha just hits her again and then walks off. It was a it was a very good segment. Welcome back, Sasha Banks. Uh, yeah. Heal Sasha Banks. Sasha is ratchet. Can't wait to see more of it. War Raiders squash some. Yeah, people. don't care. Um, I think we're getting a bit bored of that. The I uh, no. Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross women's tag team title matches. We haven't had tag team title match defenses for at least two months. Then we have three in about two weeks. Yeah, they're like buses, isn't it? Nah, uh, it, uh, it's, it's honestly as as much as I love the Iconics, it's because Bliss and Cross are over, and the yes. Iconics, Iconics are over with the smart with the marks because quite frankly they're quite smarky, I think, yes. and Bliss and Cross are, are not smarky. So personally. That's the reason why I think that there's... And, of course, with all due respect, Alexa Bliss has to be on TV all the time because it's Alexa Bliss. So, yeah, makes sense. Uh, for more defences... Holding a title is money. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah, they they won reasonably. It was it was quite a tight match, but, yeah, simple. Um, excuse me, Nikki Cross hit her swinging net breaker, twisted Bliss off the top, one, two, three. Simple. Cool. Uh, champion versus champion, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. There's a big picture of Braun Strowman on this, so I assume he interferes at some point. That is correct. Uh, it's a good, it's a good one-on-one. Then the OC get involved, uh, and then Braun goes and runs down to the ring and just fucks everything because that's, that's Braun Strowman. I, I, I did love that AJ. AJ, I think tried to do the phenomenal forearm and literally Braun just caught him out of midair, swung him round, did, did his power slam. It looked fucking awesome. But yeah, it was it was a fine match. Nothing yeah. major. We're gonna get hmm? Strowman versus Rollins potentially, or not? No, no you're it... not gonna get Strowman versus Rollins. You're gonna get Strowman's very much a face now. He came in to save Seth. Ah, okay. So yeah, he didn't attack Rollins. He came in to save Seth. So you know. Then we move on to SmackDown Live before we finish. Okay, so SmackDown Live. How did that start? Uh, apparently. Shane McMahon finds Kevin Owens. <laughs> oh, this is good. I love oh, that. For his attack on Elias. Yes. So, so yes. Uh, Kevin Owens is out in the ring. So it, 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 start, it starts with Kevin Owens. Everyone's fucking crowd oh, yeah. are loving it. Isn't he? What? He goes on to talk about King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. He goes to announce that he's in for King of the Ring. And all of a sudden you hear, here comes money. And Kevin Owens just goes, just puts his head in his hands. Like, oh, God's sake. I thought I got rid of you. Uh, oh no, he didn't say that, but 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 to, to but to sort of paraphrase it, it's just sort of head in his hands as if to say, "Oh my God, I thought I got rid of you. Why are you here?" And he comes out, and the showman starts talking, and he just goes, "Why? Why are you here? Why?" <laughs> Which I really like. Why are you here, Shane? And then Shane proceeds to explain that he attacked, uh, he beat Elias to fuck, and therefore he needs he's going to be fined one hundred thousand dollars. Kevin Owens expresses his displeasure at that because he. He proclaims, well, that's a down payment for a house. That's ridiculous. You're unbelievable. And then Shane pulls off and goes, I know, he goes, you have to, Kevin goes, well, you clearly have to understand that's ridiculous. And I'm, I can't do that. And Shane goes, nope. And just turns around, and, literally goes, no. And just turns around and walks off. <laughs> Kevin Owens goes out the back, tries to find him, does. And Shane's like, well, I've got a certain example. You can't do this, that, blah, blah, blah. Shane, uh, Kevin then throws a chair at the TV and walks off. Uh-huh. And then he's set up for a match with Samoa Joe later in the night. Splendid. Ember um, Moon and Charlotte Flair. Fine match. Uh, Charlotte worked on one of Ember's legs. Ember was able to get in some good offense for the for the match, but it was it was it was basically Charlotte's match. 
Uh, Charlotte won with a figure eight, simple. Good match, but yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy, I've heard. Holy shit. I've heard on Twitter it's match of the year. I haven't seen it. I've just heard it's match of the year. It's up there with one of the best for the year so far on free TV. It's <laughs> oh no, it's, oh no, it's, it's cable. So no, it's not cable. <laughs> but but it's it's certainly one of the best TV TV matches I've seen for a while. Um, I need to. I do need to talk about this because a lot of this is on Roman. Um, now. Bear in mind that Buddy Murphy is just some guy from 205 who's now on the main roster. He's not had any... The only TV time he's basically had since going from 205 to SmackDown is last week on SmackDown, where... And he's been mentioned by Kato. Yeah, that's literally it. Um, inst- but what we had now is we had a match where uh, Buddy was getting... Buddy was hitting him with his fucking devastating kicks and some solid moves and a couple of near falls, a couple of false finishes where where Buddy could well have won it. Um, oh, God, what was it? One of, one of them is where Roman's coming at him and he just hits him with his devastating, like, scissor kick or bicycle kick. Roman goes flat out, but uh, Buddy pins one, two, so, so close to a third, so close to winning. Um... Some really good sequences throughout the match. It was a fantastic match. Buddy kicked out of a Superman punch. Bear in mind, he's a 205 guy. who's an ex-205 guy who has got nothing on TV. He's not in any story. He's not in any sort of main event picture. He is someone who kicked out of a Superman punch. That never happens. I can't really convey this for the audience, but my face just said it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his, his eyes widened. Um, it was a brilliant match. And what it does, this is very, very simple. It's, it, it turns Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy from a nobody into someone because he yes. took Roman Reigns to his limit. And that is how you build stars. Exactly. That's, uh, it's, 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 it's such a simple concept, but it's true. It's how you build people. It also seems that this is still going around the... Um, Rowan and Brian. They, it is. It is. Yeah. Backstage, they assaulted Murphy in the locker room. Yeah. They admit that he lied. Reigns then confronted them backstage, and then the Planet's champion has promised to bring the big dog his attack next week. Yeah, yeah. Ba- basically, um, after the match, Buddy's sort of sitting in the sitting in the locker room, and and very similar to last week where Roman kicks everyone out of the locker room, Rowan and Brian come in and kick everyone out of the locker room. And uh, and so you've got Buddy sitting, Buddy sitting in his chair, Rowan sitting straight opposite him, Daniel Bryan's like right in his left ear, his eyes coat, there's like inches from his eye, inches to, from, from each other's faces. And you have to tell everyone that you lied, you lied, you made it all up, you lied, you're ruining our reputation. And, and then just turns into screaming in his face, you lied, you lied. And Roman just fucking destroys him. Not Roman, Rowan destroys him. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Roman, then later on, Roman Reigns is looking for, looking for their locker room, uh, or looking for Rowan and Brian, finds them, and then... Rowan and Brian proclaimed that they have been doing their own, con- they've conducted their own investigation, and next week they'll have some information. At least two point <laughs> Fucking brilliant, yeah. I yeah, know it'd be so funny if you get if Breezango get involved in it and to go, hmm, we're trying to find clues. I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Joe and Owens? Yeah, good match. I can't remember who won it. Apparently, all liars came out to work a special guest enforcer. Oh, and Joe won. Yeah, so basically, um, 
Elias came out special enforcer. I think the ref got downed at some point, but I remember I remember it was like a one two three. It was like a really quick sort of. Joe got Kevin Owens on his back for something for for a sim. It would have been a simple two 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 and a bit count, and then you know quick one two three within a second of a normal pin count, and that was it. The end of the match. So, oh, fuck. Good old Elias. And the finish looked like New Day versus the Revival and Randy Orton. Oh yeah, that happened. Um, I don't remember it. I don't remember anything of the match. Oh no, 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 no. I remember Randy Orton going savage with RKO's on on the, on all of the New Day, just all of them getting RKO'd, ludicrously, ludicrously RKO'd. Bless. It like Revival and Orton won the match. Must have done then. Because it says here, Randy Orton, uh, as the action ramped up, Kofi escaped an RKO, knocked the Viper out of the ring. Revival took advantage of arm injury Woods had suffered and um, with a shatter machine afterwards the WWE champion fought an attack on Woods and Big E by Dawson and Wilder but took an RKO for his trouble Apex Predator gave one to E and Woods as well and then a second to Kofi uh, it's going to happen again it's just going to be Clash of Champions Kofi Randy Randy's going to take the title probably yeah no doubt Um, <clears throat> I haven't seen NXT but I assume because it was a takeover week we've got takeover undercard matches just looking at it yes we did not we going had, in, no i'm not going into it we're just not, gonna talk no, about no. it just quickly nxt uh was breezango versus the forgotten sons which was won by breezango and then the final of the breakout tournament jordan miles versus cameron grimes which was won by miles done um <clears throat> that was very long i do apologize but lots of wrestling this week lots of wrestling if happened yes weekend just having NXT TakeOver and then SummerSlam and then on the Monday you've got the G1 Climax Final before you even get into Raw and SmackDown and NXT. That's craziness. But you first, it's going to be insane. You've got three wrestling events to do. To catch up on. Luckily, one of them I'm going to live, so I won't have to watch that one. Fuck you. The card for that is unreal, by the way. Kent is going to be there. I'm going to to make Jack put you through a fucking table. Fine. Because if I get to do that and then Will Ospreay can come and kiss me with the kiss of life, then we'll be all happy. Um, But yeah, thank you very much again for sticking with us this week for a long podcast. Thank you for listening. Once again, thank you for all of you who have been part of those 3,000 listens. Um, It's much appreciated. I mean, I'm Um, 2,992 of them. Sorry. Which is. Uh, make sure you go and check out our website www.badbookers.com make sure you go and check out our twitter at badbookerswp our youtube channel as well where you can find snippets from the podcast and an upcoming royal quest vlog um, that's bad wrestling podcast Um, once again thank you very much for listening see you later folks bye bye Bye, then Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv.